The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, Donald Trump, or my mother. Mom, I know you want to be supportive of my endeavors, but seriously, stop listening to the podcast and walk away. For everyone else, listener discretion is advised. of Wholesome Kink and Perverted Knitting. I'm Sarah Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. And we are here today with... Veritas69. Yay. So we have decided to... We'll, we'll see if we make this a regular thing. We might, we might not. But figured the three of us seem to be doing a lot of kinky stuff together. And the schedule's worked out this week. So it, it's... It's going to be a, a triad rather than just a couple. I'll call it what it is. It's a threesome. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, that's, you know, also, we're early enough in this, you know, podcast endeavor that it's still kind of, you know, the format is still changing and oh, yeah. figuring out how to do it and what to what to do with it. Yeah, and plenty of early installment weirdness. So, yeah, we, we don't have it locked down yet. There's no network or sponsors saying, you can't do it that way. No, if only. We're, we're punk rock. We'll do it however we want. <laughs> only we had corporate sponsors and we were simply, you know, drones. There must oh. be money and security, but that's okay. Well, I'd be happy if we had sponsors that just covered our hosting costs. Then I know that... Well, Mr. That's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I know Mr. S sponsors other kinky podcasts and it seems like every single podcast these days is sponsored by a certain mattress company that will remain nameless until they start giving me money <laughs> or you know stamps.com or yeah or, or or a high quality sheet company and yeah or meundies i think meundies would be a perfect sponsor yeah i <laughs> i i would be happy to have underwear it. I'd be happy to have any or all of the sponsors that are currently sponsoring the Savage Lovecast. Well, I heard you shilling the podcast at this weekend. Yes. So I think that's the way. It's just getting the word out. And, yes. you know, it's one of those things. It's a niche. And as if it gets discovered and more people listen, then, hey, yeah, I mean, that's where that comes from. Yeah. I mean, right now we have literally tens of listeners. It might even be up to dozens at this point which would be a lot i mean that'd be more than i could comfortably well my apartment so you know yeah but you know uh, this would be fun trying (laughs) (laughs) zach and like cordley (laughs) (laughs) well i'm sure they could all be friendly with each other but you know then i listen to a podcast i subscribe to and pay money for each month and they mentioned on their last episode that they had 173 listeners for, for the paid version and they describe themselves as a niche podcast and i'm like i really like 173 listeners i keep getting all of these people following me on soundcloud or on twitter mm-hmm. that you know build your 
podcast listenership for only pennies per listener. Yeah, I don't want robots. I do not want robots listening to... Maybe I'll use that for the next opening. You know, this podcast is not appropriate for bots. Yeah, no, not so much. I, I want humans. I want... Yeah, robots don't tell their boyfriends to, to listen to it, you know? Come on. Right, and and don't tell their boyfriends to... Cute boyfriends to show up on First Fridays. <laughs> exactly. So this was First Friday at Esquire Bar with special guest star, my husband. He came out for the first hour of it. Wearing leather, he did. Wear, oh. Wearing leather, yeah. I actually got him a patchwork leather bar vest mm-hmm. that he wears on occasion when he wants to be supportive of my endeavors. Leather really isn't his thing, but he's my husband. I love him dearly. So yeah, he was there. He had an electric blue gin and tonic. Yeah, everybody know that tonic water lights up bright blue under black light? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the quinine. So he got to meet... Well, I mean, he's met you two before, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, we'll send him his sympathy card later, so... (laughs) I got to see Bellum. I don't believe he has met her before. Mm -hmm. And got to meet my one friend from Flint who we will call Loki. That's one of the many names he has collected for himself. And it is... I've run across a lot of pup Lokis. Because there's a lot of naughty puppies out there. <laughs> they like the they they like that image. So we'll call him that. I'm glad he came out because he, looking at his Facebook, he has been having just rough and tough time of it. With depression kicking his ass, and you know, he grew up in a household that was firm believers in better living through chemistry. So. Yeah, he, uh, he's trying to do his best to stay straight edge. See, I, I'm all for chemistry. It's like, I I think there is better living through chemistry. Depends yeah. on the chemistry. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if someone with a doctorate is, you know, giving me this, you know, well, these chemicals as opposed to like, oh, you know, the self-medication versus, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the issue in his family growing up. Because I probably don't take enough chemicals in my life. I mean, honestly, I, my life, I would probably be... I mean, my life is decent, but I think I'd be much better off with some anti-anxiety drugs or some low-level stuff, just because, yeah, I have therapy. But no, too proud, too lazy, too whatever, too cheap to deal with that. So it's like, okay, chugging along. We'll have a completely adequate life, but it could be stellar, probably with just a little tweaking. Just a little MDMA will make everything better. (laughs) And I kind of had to talk him into it. I saw him join another wider pub Facebook group. And I asked him, hey, are, are you getting back into pub? And he said, no, oh, maybe. And I'm like, well, this is happening this Friday. Come on out. See some people. Hey, it was good to see. Yeah, like I said, there are a couple new faces. Yep, friends from out of town who knew people in Lansing. So it was, you yeah. know, some fresh blood. And, you know, hopefully it was enough. I mean, I think they have um, are more used to maybe going to like the uh, Detroit bars for pup nights where you probably have a much better showing. But Esquire and what we do is still kind of modest, so I don't right. know if we'll draw them back on that alone. And I know that Bellum and the one cute otter, they ran into each other at 
pup mosh is. Mm-hmm. So, and the main pup thing in Detroit that I know of is a monthly mosh. Mm-hmm. That's second week Sunday at three in the afternoon, which kind of a weird time. But well, they it's in a less great section of town, even less great than where the Detroit Bondage Club clubhouse is. And so they want to have it where the sun's up so they don't have to have higher security for the parking lot. So yeah, ours is different. I mean, it's just a bar night. It is not a mosh. Mm-hmm. And we have not taken over the entire bar. We just have this one corner and a big sign that doesn't show up very well in bar light. <laughs> it shows up for the people looking for it. Yes, yes. If you're looking for us, you will find us. And and people were stealing glances at your outfit all night long. What? Well, my outfit? Oh, yeah. Your, your subtle, full latex jodhpurs and... Which makes me think it's like... It reminds me... Like, when I see it, I think Battlestar Galactica uniform. It has a very yeah sci-fi the colors, military. The colors and actually the cut of it, mm-hmm. and also you know whatever material because I'm sure for the costuming they you know probably used you know certain materials. And it's like oh, I I don't think they used latex, latex. <laughs> on on Battlestar. They might have. They should have. I, yeah. I didn't actually watch it. So yeah. well, um, I mean, I've been wearing leather pretty much exclusively when I've gone out there. I've worn a leather jacket one night, but I thought, oh, what the heck? And so got the latex out for a change. So something different. Yeah, and our other latex aficionado whiteout was out of the country oh. um, doing something for spring break. I don't, don't have any more details other than on on the Facebook group. It said, nope, sorry, I'm going to be out of the country. And I responded back to him, we expect stories when you come back. So don't get so drunk that you can't remember it. <laughs> Screw the stories. We just want pictures. <laughs> Video. We'll, we'll, we'll make our own stories up around them. <laughs> yeah, or high definition video with professional lighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is studying media, so might be able to pull that off. Ah, oh, Loki and Neptune seem to hit it off with each other. But that whole group, there was. I think Bellum had a good time. I think mm-hmm. Loki had a good time. The Otter you were talking about, they all seemed to really click. And they were having a... It was fun to watch them because they were just enjoying themselves and, and having a good time talking and chatting. And and there seems to be a new sport at First Fridays is interrupting people mid-conversation by scratching the back of their neck. <laughs> some people are easily derailed. Uh, you do that. And yeah, it is an interruption because some people just have switch into a subspace very quickly. It's like, oh, and then I think when you know you get that response, it's very tempting. It's like, oh dear. <laughs> it's cute. You know, you just start scratching and they melt into a poodle. A puddle. Just well, pops. Either way, poodle, puddle. Yeah, either way. I don't know if any of them identify as poodle breed. I mean... Well, I would hope not. I would think poodles are kind of high-strong and high-maintenance. Yeah, I, well, toy versus standard size, I guess. You know, <laughs> all of this, yeah, the the toy poodles I've known have that small dog syndrome, like the Chihuahua. But this one blue standard poodle I knew was just sedate, fresh, mm-hmm. like an actual dog. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, like a dog, not like a hyperactive rat. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but no, yeah, I thought first one. Yeah, that was good. I just I was there. Um, I showed up after your husband had left. So I yes, missed him. Yeah, but, about by about like three minutes. I was there, but like I said, fighting off a stupid cold and just having a hectic week. I mean, I was like low energy myself, so I don't think I was really interacting that much. But I was, you know, it's like yay. Yeah. Not there in spirit, but there in the flesh. Yay. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm the one who did it or I'm just the one who noticed that the pinball machine was broken. <laughs> that one of the bulbs fell out from its mounting point and was on the play field and getting knocked around by the pinball. Yeah. Told the bartenders. And okay. Saying, yeah, you might want to call the number on the front here and have I mean, someone remove it or... There's a lot of pinball aficionados around, too, and maybe someone else knows how to... Oh, yeah, I mean, it... it All you really have to do is open it up somehow just to... Oh, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of opening the glass and reseating that bulb, but... Yeah, didn't want the bulb to be crushed or get slid into any of the mechanicals and have glass shards everywhere, or plastic shards everywhere. That'd be unpleasant. Not that that probably hasn't happened a few times to the people who are leasing these machines. Oh, probably. But this way it's an easy fix rather than a, having to scrounge for that particular part. Well, maybe they can get a more appropriate pinball then. in. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't know why they have Playboy pinball at Esquire. Because they probably don't get a choice. It's like a yeah. company says, no. hey, we'll drop off a pinball machine. It's like, cool. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. They, and they, they probably don't drop get off whatever they happen to have, you know, working. And it was the tame version of the Playboy pinball because there is a wild version of it where the Playmates aren't wearing the lingerie. So, so you see nipples. Lots so we need, the, we nipples. need the, the not tame version of you know, that's the sad thing is like most, you know, porn mags are gone. I don't know what's, I mean, I think Playgirl is still around, but. Yeah, because people, yeah, because. But, um, you know. Because the, of all the guilt. I remember all the magazines that used to be when I was working at a bookstore and yeah. And then, I mean, the internet, it's just like, that's where you get your porn. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I remember Bear Magazine. I, I ran across Zeus and Vulcan. Which were rubber magazines. Yes, let's get a skin two pinball machine. I like that. <laughs> and then there's a, I remember a taste of latex. Some pictorials love actually um poetry and writing in that one. It was just kind of a general kink. I know I had a friend who was a poet and was ex very excited because they had picked up one of his poems and he was out of the country doing Peace Corps stuff when it was published, so his mom <laughs> went out and found it, bought it. And his there's his poem, which isn't necessarily anything sexual, but I don't know why he had submitted it to Taste of Latex, but there was printed on like a picture of some naked guy and bound up in that. And so it's like, oh, okay, there you go. Thanks, Mom. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. No, I just remember there was like Rump was one we always laughed at because that was just a silly name, we thought. I mean, yeah, there's like... Foreskin Quarterly was a magazine. XXX Showcase was very popular. Torso... Advocate, Advocate Men was the porn part. So yeah, there's just a lot of skin mags out there. And now there's not so many that I can think of. So Now we have the internet. Now we've got X-Tube. That's it. Right? We need a pinball machine that actually has integrated video. They have those. Um, Jersey, Jack. Jersey Jack Pinball um, has, has gotten the rights and licenses to 
a Wizard of Oz pinball machine that includes movie clips in it that, you, that you can trigger. It's not gay porn, but it's pretty gay. So, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> Are you a friend of Dorothy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, gay porn pinball. Talking about really niche things. Yeah. I, oof, oh, my. I'd play it. I'd play with those balls all day long. <laughs> and then after First Friday, uh, as ha- as the schedule just happens to work out, the three of us went to Detroit Bondage mm-hmm. Club. Yes. And before that, we swung by Veritas's place and did a bit of dress up. Yes, I had to get you properly rubbered up so we could be a latex posse together. <laughs> League. League. Yes, Lansing Latex and Leather Lovers League. There you go. <laughs> Somebody else. Somebody else. But I don't think we were wearing much in the way of leather. I think it was all latex. Oh, uh, I don't know. Was it? No, I wasn't wearing my boots that night because I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to strip down as soon as I get in the door. What's the point of wearing the boots? And I was like, yeah, I was debating going just energy levels. Like, I knew how I felt the night before and just like, I'm not going to have much fun. It's like, you know, I'm just going to be there and like, okay, when's my ride ready to go home? And uh, but about no, twelve thirty. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, know it was um. So I you know said eh, why not? I don't want to miss you know another event. So dragged myself out and felt surprisingly well and don't good. feel any repercussions today. So I was like yay yay. But it was like yeah good time. Lots of um, faces I'd seen the month before, and that was cool. Uh, some new people and mm-hmm. also you know just have a nice vibe of you know do as you will. I mean you know if you want to participate you can and. Exactly. If you don't feel like it and just wanted to be a wallflower, there's plenty of stuff to watch too. But you can set yourself up in the main room, enjoy the porn and pleasant conversation. Which I was. I mean, there were some interesting movies being played, and I was just like, because they do have a lot of porn that tends to be more bondage and stuff. Yeah, it, and which yeah. is not. I don't have a lot in my own personal collection, so it's like, oh, something different. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Bound in public, right? Oh yeah, Men on Edge. Yeah. yeah. Those are both pretty good. So, yeah. Let's hear. What did I do there? What didn't you do there? The list might be shorter. Well, I I did not. The owner of Detroit Bondage Club turned 45, or at least that's the age he would admit to, at midnight. And so they set him up for spankings. And you could hear his reaction to the spankings throughout the clubhouse yes i was upstairs at the time we definitely heard it i was down in the basement and i heard it and when i walked by i was sniffing the air i was like why do i smell rubbing alcohol and well the spankings had gotten to the point where some skin had been broken and his master decided you know for for the safety of the club that he would and their enjoyment and their enjoyment and was to spray the affected area down with 90% isopropyl alcohol. Oh. That could account for some of the screams. Yes. yes, that did account for a few of the screams. What else? I know um, I missed it. Uh, there was some suspension that was done. Yes. I heard and, about that. Because yeah. I, I yep. saw the uh, the person being trussed up, you know, just mm-hmm. the body bindings. Yes. I didn't realize it was leading to a suspension. And that's, yes. you know, the trouble is like when you get involved in stuff and going, there's three floors and many rooms, mm-hmm. when you're kind of filtering through, 
you have a chance of missing a lot of stuff. You may see yeah. a lot of stuff, but you're also going to be missing a lot. Yeah, and that's kind of why I wanted to have Veritas on today to get a third perspective on Detroit Bondage Club, except for the fact that you were with one guy the entire night and he latched on to you before you even got completely changed. Am I complaining? No. No, you're not so complaining. Lovely young he, man he wasn't and complaining. He's and... a beautiful young man. I'm certainly not going to push him away. That's no choice. <laughs> no. Although one thing I did want to get a little more elaboration on is a scene that you had described that another one was bound down nicely and they had done something rather unique with a violet wand yes. with him. Okay, so I may have exaggerated a bit in the car, but okay, so he was tied down and the rope that he was tied down with was conductive rope. It was it had mylar in it or something like that. And then a lot of violet wands have a body connector so that it turns your entire body into the violet wand. So they took that and slid that between his ass cheeks. I did not see if they actually penetrated him with it. Probably not because, as I recall, those things can get rather warm rather quickly. But it was... On his butt. And then, yeah, they played him like... And he loved it, because I know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I mean yes. This gentleman for, is so hardcore. <laughs> and, but, yeah, well, I love the, the vocalizations, because he was just, like, swearing and sounded so angry and violated and, you know, part of the play. It's like And I'm, loving every minute. And, and loving every second mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And his partner said to him at one point, said, stick out your tongue. He was like, no, 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 no. And then he said later, when I had him in this position, I told him to stick out his tongue, and he did. Like, yeah. And they had, according to the owner of Detroit Bondage, who stopped by and touched him, that they had the violet wand up pretty high. Oh. as well. There was quite a bit of voltage cranking through him. I am not a fan of the sensation that the Violet One gives, so I just watched. I didn't touch him anywhere when he was charged up. See, oddly enough, they were also doing another Violet One scene on the third floor where I was. Okay. It was the... Yeah, early in the evening, yeah, there was... It was um, a young couple who was up there. And, and someone was bound, and a lot of people were participating in. Yes. Oh, that, so that's what led to the rumors that there were 12 guys in one of the rooms. Well, it was they, pretty and they close. Had done that. They had attached the violet wand to him, and we actually were evil and turned the lights off so we could watch the spark going between this little device they were using <laughs> to... Because uh, they were doing it two ways. Yeah, they were doing it where he had the ground... Torturer had the ground on him and was using, you mm-hmm. know, connecting and touching. Yes. But then, the, then they put the uh, conductant on the bound bottom, and then everyone. And I, uh, yeah, I was playing with that. I realized, you know, the, you know, you have to get your just fingers, you know, or whatever you're using, just the right distance away, and that gives you the, mm-hmm. you know, the right. nice jolt. I mean, the funny thing is, then that you're also feeling it too. So right. Yes. I mean, if you use a metal implement, mm-hmm. it will arc at the metal, mm-hmm. and so you won't feel the shock. But yeah, if you touch somebody or you touch other metal when you're touching them, mm-hmm. yeah, you will arc and you will feel it. What they had was a basically kind of like a a pom pom mylar pom pom. Yes, exactly. yes. And that just draped over. Yep. But then they discovered how even it was because one of the mylar strands had fallen off, and just using that alone 
would produce a particularly focused sensation. And, yes. Yes. They were actually using the implement that got the loudest yells out of the bottom in the basement was an aluminum knitting needle. Oh. It was like a number five. So it came to a very sharp point and that was able to direct the current very mm-hmm. specifically. And then they broke out the Warburg wheel. And they were using one upstairs as well. They had one there as well. So that concerned the, me because like the bottom was he was bound, but he was there's still some room for him to uh thrash. And it's like that just seems like a dangerous thing to have, you know, when someone's spasming, it's like because it's like lots of little pins and Yes, and and the closest that the bottom downstairs got to safe wording out was when I talked the top into putting the contact right on the underside of the penis, right at that G string sort of thing. And always the helpful one. I, yeah, I am a horrible person, but I'm very good at it. <laughs> and I want people to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Not at this one, but at number six. And I didn't get a chance to tell this story at number six. I was upstairs, I I think I was getting a drink or something, and one of the guys came up to me and said, help. I'm like, what? Okay. like, what do I do to this guy? (laughs) Because one of the guys was hogging the sling, as he has a propensity to do, and he's not into anything really rough, and he's like... He wants me to work him over, but I don't know how to, to get him off. And I provided a few pointers in that direction. Yeah, because the, the one who said help, he wanted to get in. That was Big Boots who, who asked for the help. And so he wanted to get in the sling and have me tickle his prostate and have him scream. And Big Boots was at Detroit Bondage again. And both of the slings were occupied. So we had to figure something out. So we went to the bench and I basically fisted him on all fours. And he said he'd never done it like that before. And I'm like, well, first First time time for for everything. everything. Yeah. And gave him a nice good pounding. He said, I want to go for width today. And I said, all right, we'll go wide today. Stretch him out. I was able to get both hands in without the thumb. And then I went in like back to back on my hands and then pulled apart and opened him up nicely. And one of the other people was there and he was like, hey, you, lawyer, my camera's in my bag. I want a picture of this. He's like, okay. So he got some pictures of that. I haven't had a chance to ask if they turned out because the battery was low in the camera and low lighting at the DBC in general, and battery was so low it wouldn't flash. So I don't know if any of those pictures turned out. But yeah, I went at him, I want to say about an hour, hour and a half. And you know, when I was done and cleaning the lube up, one of the guys came up to me and said, you guys are always fun to watch. Big Boots is always very vocal when I'm working him over. And he said, I'm always amazed at how long you go. To which I replied, well, yeah, fisting isn't a quick scene. It takes build up and work and 
you know, you find that crescendo and then you come down a bit and you find the next crescendo. Well, I think any scene should be, kind of, you know, structured like that. I think we, that's another difficulty with porn culture is like we see movies where no foreplay or build up. It's just like, okay, let's get to the penetration, pounding, whatever it is, because it's like, yeah, and you're not seeing behind the scenes where it's been a lot of building up to that. Right. It's like, you know, I think, yeah, like, you know, and I've seen there's ebb and flow, kind of that roller coaster of extreme he, stuff and then something gentler. And and we had actually been teasing each other earlier in the day. He sent me videos of himself pumping and prepping for Detroit Bondage to, to get his hole in the position that, and in the state that he could take a lot. Because that was his voice. said, I'm going to take a lot today. Yeah. And then... As I was winding down, about getting ready to leave, he was fisting somebody else. Someone that I've also fisted. Now, was that up by the cage by the door? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. That, that yeah, was, that I was think when we were leaving, they were, okay. Yeah, they were, they were doing that. And before, around midnight-ish, was when they were going. Yeah, I think they, they were cleaning they, up as we were leaving. Yeah. They had gotten started while I was listening to the Electric Bottom show. Oh. Um, and he... Again, he asked me for assistance, you know, asked me, okay, you know, you've been in this guy's hole before. How do you do it? And I work through my process that, you know, I like to go in with four fingers and find, you know, with the thumb out, find where the body is that day, find where the opening is, then squeeze your, your fingers together, drop your thumb to your pinky. And then push gently, and at that point, you should be able to get to the wrist, which he did. And yeah, they were both having a good time. And mm-hmm. he had put the bottom in one of his vacuum tubes, and Bob was complaining, "All of this cum and pre cum, it's all trapped. I I can't eat it and enjoy it." Like, well, yeah. So, you were with one guy all night long. You notice any any other? Stories from that night you want to share? There was a lot going on as far as that went, what I saw. Yeah. We did spend, the gentleman and I, we spent nice time actually cuddling and talking a lot of the time, but it was fun to watch people kind of roam around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I noticed that Lansing Mike was having a good time kind of flitting around from place oh, to yeah. place and enjoying himself. So you were probably the better spectator. You kind of I saw, like, made, so made a, your way around. Well, I tried, but, you know, there's times where I was, yeah, a bit focused in a certain room or that and mm-hmm. missed a lot. Like I said, I missed the suspension. Didn't see any of your, uh, you know, Arcane's fisting. The only thing fisting I really saw was, like, yeah, by the entrance when we were kind of mm-hmm. getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'll send out engraved invitations next time <laughs> so you won't miss it. No, I'll probably be busy with something else. It's just, like, that's the nature of it. There's so much <laughs> yeah. going on. It's like, you can't see... If you're seeing everything, then you're probably not participating in anything. It's like, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because I, there's a lot of cool things in that house, but some rooms, you know, they do keep it warm. It's a little too warm. But there's yes. certain rooms, well, there's certain rooms that get very warm and some that yes. get kind of cool because there's one of the basement rooms, there's no actual heat in there. So they only got what is coming in through the doorway. Yes. And they have fans strategically placed to get airflow, but that uh, the room with the bench. Yes, the room with the bench is consistently one of the coolest rooms in the house. That bench is a cool piece of equipment. Yes, I was making use of it, I think maybe after. Yeah, because you were watching the... Yes, yes, it it was after. 
yeah, on we, the show. I was done fisting him by nine. Okay. And so, yeah, that was after that. So, uh, anything else from... No, nope, it was a good time. I was surprised at how much energy and just, you know, I was able to put into it. So, it's like, cool. And this section of A Harry Prone Companion is brought to you by the Crochet Empire. We support those who support the community. And Crochet Empire, with their hand crochet jock straps, is very supportive. Check them out. TheCrochetEmpire.com Section 2... And just 15 minutes late on it, but oh. hey, <laughs> we tend to have these long gossip sessions the first one of the month anyway, so. So, topic for this week is rimming. Kind of kinky, although I think a lot of gay guys do it, even those who aren't into latex or, or leather or other kinks well because there's no accessories so you know right. it, it, it does kink have to have accessories and it's like no so i think a lot of times yeah. people do associate kinky with the toys true or the outfits and no rimming it's like all the stuff you need is you know what <laughs> came factory in, installed i really i enjoy doing it it's pleasurable activity there are rumors about Veritas, how he really enjoys having it done to him. Yeah, out it again. <laughs> I wasn't able to show it off at Detroit Bondage Club, but I'm sure the people going 55 down the highway near your apartment that one night enjoyed those screams of pleasure that I was pulling out of you. Yeah, well, that's not hard. That's one of those... Achilles heel spots mm. for me where it's like somebody puts their tongue there and I'm done. And it's There's no restraint. Yeah, I mean, I do know many people that that is kind of the button to push. Mm -hmm. There's a certain semi-local radio personality that I was always kind of curious about. Like, how much do you reveal you know, on the radio? But I'd seen pictures of them and thought, oh, very attractive person. In Google searching of that, came across their private blog. Where it finally all was revealed. It's like, oh, I know now know so many personal things. And one of the first things they, you know, talk about is like, oh, me, you know, talking about rimming. Like, thanks be to God. So it's like, obviously, this is someone who really loves it. It's wonderful. It's great. I've run across names for it just in my, my research a while back when I was just bouncing around the internet, finding things. And that during the Victorian era, when you couldn't call anything, by its real name, when everyone was so wonderfully repressed, you can't call it stuffing, you have to call it dressing, right? So in Victorian England, it was called the Spanish kiss. Hmm. And in Spain at the time, it was called the German kiss. And... Olé, and yavol. <laughs> we always subscribe it to some other group. Yes, yes. Know, we, uh, don't, yeah. we don't do that, but those... Those horrible Greeks or something like that. Right. Yeah, the, the horrible Greeks, the horrible Bulgarians, which is where we get the word buggery from. Or the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, Amsterdam, protected by dykes and ruled by a queen. You know, I think it's one of those things that it's it, kind of the intimacy of it. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's like mouths are actually very public orifices, but the act of putting your mouth onto something is kind of intimate to some extent, but then putting it in certain places, yeah. Well, I think blowjobs are a bit more common, but to go there, I think also both parties have to kind of be like, okay, we're going to do this. 
you know, and uh, there's a certain another step of intimacy, I think. There's, you know, having your mouth wrapped around some guy's cock, yeah, you know, that's kind of intimate, but then this is even more so because it's even kind of harder to get to. Yes. Penises are just there. I mean, it's how, how do penises not fall into more mouths just on a daily basis? They're out there, they're hanging. It's amazing that, you know, it's just not falling everywhere. (laughs) But assholes, they're protected Mm -hmm. by these two big masses of muscle and, and it's like one of those things is like in the locker room, you probably will see another guy's penis pretty casually, but to actually see his ass hole, that takes some doing. He has to be bent over drying his feet or something like that. But I think there's also um, the taboo of it. Because I know people who are like big in the anal sex. like They want to stick their dick into asses, but they still want to kind of be divorced from it. It's like it's going on below the waist, so we're not really too focused on looking at it as it's happening. We just you know, are lined up and, yep, we're in, cool, I'm just going to pound until I come. And then be done with it and quick, clean up fast, and I don't want to think about what's giving me this pleasure because yeah asses they can be messy and that's one of my taboos i'm not really a fan of excrement no oh, well okay solid excrement urine that's it's not really my thing but i know enough people who is their thing that it's yeah. suddenly like i'm not that opposed as i might have been before because that's usually how you get pulled into it <laughs> and that's definitely going to be a topic for another oh show it will dive deep into water sports but for the most part I, yeah I you mean, couldn't resist yeah. that right yeah <laughs> but i think for the most part yeah that's not a thing because i think a lot of, especially if you're going to a dungeon or going to be involved in a situation you kind of make sure you're you know moderately clean yes, yes. Like, you know Definitely. at the very least you know you've showered well and done due diligence with a washcloth yes so yeah you don't want to offend back there well i mean don't want, don't want to get people sick more, either it's yeah. more than a fence yeah it's it's yeah. a sickness issue and i mean it's not even not even maybe you know a path you know a pathogenic kind of thing but it's introducing new flora and fauna into your system there's certain strains of e coli and just things that you have inside you that yeah are I mean, part it, of you basically let's put it that way yeah you it might more... it might not be cholera it might just be your normal gut yeah. flora but it's the gut flora that you're used to, and when it gets introduced into somebody else's gut, it's you, only you get weird. World War Three. Goddamn immigrants! So God, I'm sounding like certain presidential candidates. Now. <laughs> well, I won't vote for you. I think he's going to do that. <laughs> no, that's one thing, <laughs> listeners. If I ever run for an office, do not vote for me. The world that I would create if I ever had the power would be wonderful and terrible to behold. No one would really would be a part of it. <laughs> but no, the, the point being is, you know, when we talk about hygiene and things like that, that, yeah, you can actually reinfect yourself from touching down there and getting that up into your mouth. Mm-hmm. You can do it to yourself. That is a really a touchy thing. Hygiene is really important mm-hmm. if you're going to rim somebody or going to be rim that you make sure that you're clean. When you do water sports, that kind of thing, urine, unless you have a urinary mm-hmm. tract infection or something... Yeah, urine is sterile. Urine it's, is by and large sterile, so it's, it's biofiltered. It's a much safer play to do in that, and so especially having worked twenty years in a hospital, you kind of oh no, yeah. you know you have yeah. to, you get a certain feel for what yeah. you can and can't do. So it's it's a great thing to do. I enjoy it myself, either in the active or the passive role, but it has to be clean. You really have to go that little bit extra. Yeah for your own safety and for the safety of your partner. And it's not like you have to have a high colonic and flush three times. No, just make sure that you've had a shower recently and that you pay attention back there. 
it's cleaned up enough. And also, anyway, it extends that, I mean, it's also, you know, if you have the tongue for it, it's also penetration. Yeah. Yes. Know, it's not as much as a finger or a penis, but it's a different feel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that's why, you know, the you know, Remy, it's like, it's just a very different feel. And the nice thing about tongues is they're pretty damp, so it's like kind of lubed. Yeah, it, it's... Unlike a finger or a penis normally. Yeah, it's like, it is pre-lubed and it is a great way to get the partner loosened and a little bit lubricated. Not sufficient. Not unless you're like horking a lung butter to go with it. Yeah, That's gross. Thank you for that imagery. <laughs> Especially considering I'm like coughing up, you know, half my lungs on a daily basis anyways. Blah dilate and lubricate before you penetrate it is a wonderful way to get the dilation you need and a bit of the lubrication but yeah and the nice thing is it's one of those things that yeah when someone appreciates that they let you know and that's so wonderful it's like mm-hmm. it's one of those things that i think if i wasn't getting a very vocal or you know visual response it's probably something i'd be like okay don't want to continue this because for me it's not something that, yeah, I. it's not one of my things that just sets me off. It's like, I think when it happens, it's like, oh, wow, okay, there's something, but it's not like a button. It's like, oh, that's pleasant. But then, of course, my thought is like, how clean I am. Oh, how unpleasant is this for them? Are they enjoying it? I don't know. And then I, that's where my mind goes. Like, you know, it's like... Well, speaking of does this how, t- how life might be improved with the low dose of anti-anxiety medication. <laughs> so much. And therapy. Some low-level therapy, that'd be wonderful, too. Yeah, um, a, a little CBT cognitive behavioral therapy could do wonders. Could you do them all together? <laughs> Cock and ball torture with cognitive behavioral therapy while watching children's ballet theater. Triple threat. <laughs> that's just that's <laughs> just disturbing, you know? <laughs> uh, hopefully you're watching the children's ballet theater on tape. Watching them live, yeah, that that's a good way to land on the sex offender registry. Like I said, that's just disturbing our <laughs> But no, uh, what? Oh, what was this? We're going somewhere with that rimming and being nervous that you're not clean. Back oh, yeah. Ready. So myself, it's yeah, it's not something that doesn't really set me going. Um, and doing it again, yeah. There is that you know momentary just before you take kind of dive in. It's like. Yeah, how clean are they? What am I about to be tasting? Do and, they pass the sniff test? And then, you know, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, when someone's been busy and it's like, you know, musky and all that, that's a different kind of thing entirely. Right. It's like, cool. Yeah. So, sweaty and it, it is one thing that, yeah, and absolutely. It's, it's rare that you get weird chemicals down there. I have some people I know who love their pit slick. And yes. So with that is a lot of times there's... Deodorant. Ooh. Oh, God. It's well, like, that's rule number one. If you want to have your pits licked, you keep the yeah. deodorant out of there. Yeah. yeah, deodorant and antiperspirant. I made, back when I was uh, a wee galing, I licked somebody's pits, you know, not knowing. <laughs> and, oh, I got a tongue full of aluminum salts. Yep. He was wearing antiperspirant. And, uh, oh, the worst. Yep. The absolute worst. But, like I said, but when you start doing it, and yeah, like I said, you get that little reaction is like okay someone's into this keep going and do your best well now you said you can do rimming without any implements which is true but having a rim seat makes it 
that are um, which they do at they've got two of them at DBC. I've never seen any. I've never seen them being used, but I could. Well, well, then you are in the right spot at the yeah, right times. No, I climbed under one and joyously ate out Big Boots's okay. loose and slightly prolapsed hole and. He's vocal anyway, and yeah, he yeah. he gave that reaction. And what I want to do is, I want I need to get and s- study that one rim seat that they have there because it looks homemade. It, it, There's it looks the one like that's been in built. the bench room. Yes, yeah, the one in the bench room it looks awfully low to the ground. Well, I mean, is it supposed to be set on something else or no, not okay. really. Or maybe I just haven't really looked at it thoroughly. Right. I get I mean, distracted by the bench and that chair that yes. you know, looks like it really needs someone in it. And yeah, so, somebody tied yes. tied in it. But while, yes, it does look low, it is low on purpose because it is about one head thickness mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. So I have to lift my neck up a little bit and maybe just a small pillow underneath. But, you know, that's the problem. If you've got it up too high, then you're just straining your neck when you're underneath it. And you really want the guy on top in more of a squat position mm-hmm. to get those hips nice and wide open that you're really able to root around in there. And I mean, you can buy rim seats at your favorite kink retailer online. For, for a horrible amount of money. Oh, yeah, for 70 70, 80 bucks. Or I want to maybe take some pictures of it, get a better look at it, you know, when I'm not underneath it, and then go to Homo Depot and get the parts for it. Oh, yeah. Because all it really is is pipe, and I think they have chain. I've seen them with springs instead and a toilet seat. And might take measurements and yeah make my own or there's probably plans online if Would i just look yeah and i'm thinking that it needs to be a better logistical setup though than having the rear mirror being on their back on the floor with their head on the floor because i'm just picturing the basement floor of the dungeon and i was like i don't want my i don't want my head on that floor Usually, I've got a small pillow okay. there, so my head. And also, just the logistics of that room. Yeah, no, the, the your body is stretched out across the doorway, so it's like yes, okay, excuse no, me as I step over. And yeah, think. the location of <coughs> that is not optimal. But that's just uh, yeah, like pu- the standard thing of having too much furniture and not enough space. You know. Yeah, once a few more repairs are done. Because part of the issue is that the leaking main drain stack runs through that room, which eats up a, a chunk of space mm-hmm. in that room. So once that gets fixed completely, they'd be able to move that rim seat to the opposite wall. And then you'd be laying, but then you would just see your feet mm-hmm. at the doorway. So it okay. wouldn't be nearly as bad. Okay. There's not a lot of good places at DVC to put it. And... It ended up there, and it works there. It needs to be sturdy. The only other place that you would put it would be like on a bed. I'm so. picturing something that's more like, well, it's much more evolved, more like a, a lifeguard's chair. So the person's like, you know, up, so you can just be standing there. And also like kind of sitting, but at an angle, so they're kind of back. And also I'm guessing, you know, gynecological stirrups to like, you know, hold the legs. So it's a much more involved 
piece of equipment I'm thinking of. Yes, that, that I'd, I'd like to see some sketches for it. But no, I, I could see... It seems like a bar in Berlin might have mm-hmm. something like that where it, it, it's a rim seat, you know, that is five feet or so off the ground. So you can just walk in, have a lick or two, and then move on. Well, if we're going to do that, we might as well go all the way and get a nice hydraulic system, lift up, come down, you know? <laughs> so you can spend a lot of money on on rimming if you if you're really, really into it. Or you can just use your tongue. I think the one thing that about a rim seat that makes it different, at least for the passive, mm-hmm. is that now you're not completely passive. You are now sitting on top, and you now oh. can lift yourself up and control it to a degree. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, you can bear down a little bit if you want it deeper. You have a control, much like if you're riding somebody. Mm-hmm. You have a little more control as to how deeply they're going to oh. go, and you mm-hmm. can lift up. So it gives you a little more control than you have, say, if you're in your back, on your back in a sling or something along those lines. So it's a different feeling. It's a different sensation that comes along there. This section of A Hairy Prone Companion is brought to you by the Esquire Bar in Old Town Lansing on Turner Street, one block north of Grand River. Stop by, say hello, say that you heard of the Esquire Bar on A Hairy Prone Companion, and get a free confused look from the bartender while supplies last. Might even more than, you know, if they weren't aware of Harry Prone Companion, it'd be like, there might be a little disgust. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Who told you about this? And Harry, what? A Harry Prone Companion. Ask for it by name mm-hmm. at all of your favorite podcast retailers. Oh, well, one never knows. The disgust may come because they have actually listened, you know? It's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I've run into people at the Bondage Club who are talking about, oh, yeah, I listened to it. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I feel really uh, further anxious and I need another pill <laughs> well I mean it's not <laughs> like I can tell the people at work about it it's not you have a very different work environment than I do well this is true and it's I'm not in enough at UU of Greater Lansing mm-hmm. to be able to to know who would be an appreciative audience mm-hmm. for this podcast there. I'm sure there are some people, just knowing you use in general, there's somebody there who would appreciate this podcast. I oh, just yes. don't know who it is, and I don't feel like taking out ad space in the weekly church bulletin and saying, one but, of our members has a podcast. But if there was a church companion. that would be appropriate, I think the UU church would be the appropriate church. Or a metropolitan community church. Oh, yes. <laughs> Either of those two. So while we still have time, so that we don't have this running for 90 minutes, nah. uh, rather than our usual hour, I do want to get to crafting. Last week, we talked about that you want to make a washcloth, and we got into the part about soaps and scents, and I mentioned Demeter fragrances. Mm-hmm. I looked them up. They are still around. They have several leather scents from biker leather to more of a work glove leather to a Russian leather. Corinthian? Do they have Corinthian leather? Uh, no, and they don't have one that's just titled Ricardo Montalban. That'd be a little creepy. Russian leather doesn't sound too bad right now. <laughs> but they also have things like green tomato and mm. fresh rain. But no latex, unfortunately. They've got vinyl 
but it says it smells like the vinyl seats of a car in summer. And I'm like, no, that's not right. That's not what we're going for. Balloon. Do they have balloon? Well, that we were talking yeah. about that on the trip back and forth about the scents and that I'm finding, especially having worn latex to more of these events lately, so I've had more interaction directly with people with it. Mm-hmm. And people who haven't had any exposure to it. And I find a lot of people will come up when they'll want to touch it, but they'll sniff it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've been amazed at the range of different descriptions that they'll give to what I have on. You know, the same person, you know, gets several different people come up to the same outfit and they will react to it differently. So I can see where that might be a little difficult to try and capture in mm-hmm. something like a soap fragrance or a candle fragrance. Yeah. Where leather, I think, is a little more commonly known, and I think there's a there's more of a commonality of what people think of when right. they think of leather. I do know that at Demia Fragrances, they have a scent that is just described as dirt. Mm-hmm. And they say, this is the dirt of rural Pennsylvania. Your dirt memories may be different. Because that was the entire idea behind the company is that it's hyper specific fragrances to trigger memories. Scent is the probably biggest trigger of memories as I've read it, that anything that will trigger an older, deeper memory will be a scent that will just waft by and all of a sudden you're in a reverie somewhere 20 years ago. Yes, absolutely. We could have leather soaps and leather candles and, or just have a bit of leather behind the ears. <laughs> and on your pulse points. That's called a blindfold, sweetie. <laughs> Somebody on my Facebook showed me this story on the Huffington Post that I shared with you, Mike, but not, oh. not with Veritas. So we're going to gauge his reaction to it. It was from 2013, an Australian performance artist was doing vaginal knitting. Every day, she would take a ball of wool that was wound in such a way to unspool from the center, insert it in herself, and continue to knit scarves as performance art. (sighs) Wool! There! Ah! Ow! I, I, I mean... So, I, I had been crunching about the thought of wool jock straps, but shoving hand spun wool ball of yarn inside of you. I think I could deal with that more just by virtue of the things we talk about and that we do on you know this podcast and in real mm-hmm. life. The thing that boggles my mind more about that is performing it in front of somebody. Oh yes. <laughs> in front of many somebody's. On stage doing well, it. Well, and that was the thing, because when you mentioned that and you linked to the thing, I, it's like, I was trying to figure out what, is she actually knitting with her vagina? Is it like <laughs> is that, that dexterous? That, that would be a neat <laughs> trick. I don't know that, that, I mean, that there's maybe always the, I can grab knitting yeah. needles. Well, I mean, there's always, you know, the jokes about, you know, uh, you know, performers in certain countries doing amazing things with their vaginas on stage shows. But it's like, do you actually put in yarn and some needles and suddenly... A scarf comes out. It's like wow. <laughs> that, that, that that would be impressive. Then I thought, did she just like? Was it the way she was like knitting, like the ball of yarn? The the yarn went through her vagina because there's a picture of her right. sitting there knitting. I thought maybe it's just like passed through her somehow. And, but then you know when you mentioned that you know she just makes this core, it sounded more like it was more of a tube. 
in one respect, it, coming out of the center of the tube, it's not actually like rubbing against her or rubbing on her. Right. Until the very end of it when she gets to the end of the tube and it would just collapse. And then it's just more of a place to hold it. You know, it's like, you know, a third hand. Yay. A nice, you know, or you you see these ceramic jo- uh, bowls. Yes. Which you put your ball of yarn in and thread it through a little, you know, slot they have. And that's what she just did. She threaded it through a different slot. <laughs> Uh-oh. But no, <laughs> all I could think of was when you were talking about that and that she was actually knitting down there. Mm-hmm. I could just see this Tom Baker scarf coming out, going, Oh my god, it's Doctor Who! We lost him! <laughs> Tardis butt when it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it wasn't so much the practicality of it, it was the performance. Yeah, no. It's simply getting vaginas out there and on the mind. It's like, Oh my gosh, this, like any other piece of art that involves something kind of shocking. And I mean, it's what three years later and still getting some two, talk two and, years but yeah yeah doing anything with involving body parts or that that aren't normally discussed or talked about yep it's gonna get attention and it makes a statement like using your penis as you know to paint a picture you know or yeah puppetry of the penis mm-hmm. it's kind of like the vagina monologues in the vagina out there and yeah just talk it's yeah just about, talk talking about, about vaginas it's like we tend to like oh no can't can't talk yeah. about that and try to use them, sure, make use of them, try to make money off of them, but we can't discuss them. So I think it's just that. It's like making it a bit more in your face. <laughs> Using knitting, and I'm in favor of getting knitting more out there. <laughs> and yeah. I am making progress on my Season 18 scarf. Where the carrot and the eggplant are coming together, it's looking a lot like I should be wearing it to a college football game. I don't want to insult any university by saying the wrong one, but I know I've seen those two colors together in college football. It'd be good colors for an agricultural college. Yeah, maybe it's a and yeah, Eggplants, carrots, vegetables. <laughs> I'm wondering why, oh, because I was, yeah, MSU, it's like I could see the green being growing things and... I guess white is because snow. Oh, yeah, we're often snowed. I didn't go to MSU. I didn't hear the story behind why Spartan, why green and white. Heard the story about why they replaced the grass on the football field with AstroTurf. Hmm. Because the homecoming queen kept eating the 50-yard line. Oh, I see. I, I, I set up for a joke. <laughs> Bad jokes. Ugh. My project is pretty much just... Haven't done anything with a scarf. That was my goal this week was to actually start knitting that goddamn scarf again. Didn't. I know some people have been making chainmail stuff. Uh, the necklace you had, I was like, I have books on this. I need to buy some rings and play around with it. Well, it's funny. And then listening to last week's episode, uh, hearing Belm talk about crochet, it's like, yeah, you got to give that another stab. They are someone who's have per- personally witnessed me trying to learn crochet and were very um, amused by my inability to be able to stab the right holes. <laughs> it's like it was very sad. And then the only other project that came to my mind from your hat with the uh, leather Mr. Friendly pup, I just thought, I, I was seeing some, I think it was on FetLife, I saw someone's profile, and they had just the kind of goofy pup masks mm-hmm. with a big lolling tongue and looks a little bit more cartoonish, but looks fun. I thought, a Mr. Friendly pup mask. So white leather with with accents one of the eyes is just a slit and yep and then a plus on the nose yep and it's like oh that would be an amusing thing to uh, make but that would require leather crafting and 
and time and effort and well i do know that the original mr friendly has a stuffed leather friendly pup it's it's about i want to say about 18 inches long it's a good size it's about the size of a small dog Mm -hmm. people have asked where can i get that and he said well right now it's just one of a kind and make your own yeah, and that because it's leather, it ain't cheap either. But he was thinking of making them in fabric mm. or, or or faux fur. That might be another way for him to raise money for the Mr. Friendly campaign. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to, you know, put that out there, because I know people who do horrible, horrible things to stuffed animals, but... You know a bunch of furries, so... <laughs> And then some. And then How about in what area, uh, Veritas, what are you working on? Not a whole lot. I brought my tatting along. I was fiddling with that a little bit just before the we started the podcast. But it's just life's been so busy right now, crafting. I have a closet just, you know, well, that little corner that isn't filled with latex and leather and boots and that kind of thing. <laughs> it's filled with the crafting projects that I have all the wonderful intentions that I'm paving the road to hell to get to, that kind of thing. <laughs> I've got some uh, kind of cross-stitch things that I'd started that I'd like to get back to and uh, the lace I do when I have time mm-hmm. you know and when I have a need it's it's not something that you know like okay I'll make a scarf you don't make a scarf out of that kind of thing no so it tends to be more of a specific craft but I don't know we've t- we talked about it the one time a few weeks ago and it's like hmm maybe I ought to make a few uh, unique hankies and see if I can pedal them that kind of thing yeah s- <laughs> sell some brown lace hankies at blog there you uh, go uh Right outside the uh, foreskin restoration classes. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Claude this week. I'll probably have to wait until next session because we've run out of time again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Ox, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane, Lazy Mike, and Veritas 69. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Good night. Good night.